The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, July 27th. I'm Terry Ranga, and my guest today is Deborah Jastrzewski, the founder and CEO of Practice Without Pressure, a nonprofit working to change both the perception of people with disabilities and the ways in which they receive services. If you've ever needed to witness the heartbreak of your child or client going through tense and dangerous haircuts, nail trimmings, blood tests, and dental procedures, then this show and Practice Without Pressure are for you. Later in the show, we will be joined by Tony Lyons, president of Skyhorse Publishing, with a special offer for you. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you, Terry. I'm glad to be here today. Deborah, please first briefly describe for our listeners the concept behind Practice Without Pressure. Practice Without Pressure, I can probably do that by um, giving you our mission statement to start with. Sure. It's, it's helping people, especially those with disabilities, receive quality medical, dental, and personal care with dignity and respect. It's a three-pronged approach designed to help individuals um, to participate in their own medical, dental, and personal care procedures. All right. And what was your own particular motivation in creating this? Well, that um, all, all surrounds my son, Mark. My son, Mark, is uh, a young man who was born 21 years ago with Down syndrome. He had some uh, major heart issues as well. Um, and Mark went through the war. We uh, held him down for pretty much everything that um, had to happen to him. Unfortunately, he had two open heart surgeries by the time he was six years old. And uh, Mark got so fearful of anything in his personal space that even a haircut was was traumatic for him. Um, he went for several years without dental work, and um, by the time he was 11, he had to have um, allergy testing done, and it was a nightmare. My son um, went through, in about a half an hour, he had two of the little picks that you need to have down your back, and uh, he was crying so hard, blood vessels were bursting in his face. And as a mom, that just broke my heart. It was just horrible. I'm sure that this is a story familiar to many parents. Is that what you find? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And when I, you know, looked in my son's eyes, he he finally, although my son didn't speak very much, he finally spoke volumes to me. And um, I realized that we couldn't do this anymore. So I spoke with his dad and explained that we had to find something different. My background was in... Um, was actually a physician's assistant many, many years ago, and uh, then I went into data processing and information systems. So I was used to breaking processes down. 
I had to get him to a blood test because that was what we had to have done. So the only thing I found was sedation, but he still would have had to been held down to be sedated. So I figured I would try to break the process down for him and see if he could get through little tiny parts. And over a very short time, he was able to get through little tiny parts of a blood draw. We put it all together, and I didn't know it at the time, but practice without pressure was born. Now, you said that he was able to get through little tiny parts of a blood draw, but I imagine that you didn't have the, you know, needles and syringes at home. No, I did not. Um, I went to a local hospital and explained to them what I was doing, and they helped me out, actually gave me um, a tourniquet and, and everything except for needles so that I could practice with him. And in order to simulate a needle, because I knew we'd have to do that, I opened up a paper clip because it looks like a needle and it, and it you know, is thin and, and metal. And my son looked at me when I, I put it on his skin and he said, tickles. And when we actually went in for the, the blood draw when they were doing it and I kept saying to him, Mark, just like we practiced, he looked at me when the needle pierced his skin and said tickles. Oh. And I knew he got it. And my son is very affected by his disability. Um, the Down syndrome affects him in every way. And uh, he was able to process this and, and understand it. Well, good for you not being stopped by guilt and doing something positive, and, and that's helping everybody else, too. Well, what are some of the diagnoses of those who are served by practice without pressure? Terry, we work with, with folks uh, from autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, um, anxiety disorders. We work with folks who speak or don't speak to communicate. We work with people who um, don't see. Uh, we work with with folks who have ADHD, doesn't matter to us, really and truly doesn't matter to us. And what are some of the age groups that you serve? We, have, we are currently actually working with folks as young as two years old, and our oldest gentleman that we're working with and that we actually ever have is 74 years old. Wow. Is, yeah. Was yours, this, uh, was your uh, practice without pressures the story of the elderly gentleman who needed to be sedated to have his toenails clipped? Was that from Practice Without Pressure? Or? Uh, we, we, well, I don't know if it was from us, but we have certainly had that experience. Um, we also have worked with folks in, in every kind of setting, whether it is a home setting um, or even an institutional setting. And uh, there was a gentleman that we worked with, yes, and I can tell you a little bit more about him later if you'd like, who... Um, was pretty affected and and yeah he was he was older so is it harder the older you start um you know honestly it depends on the person terry and and maybe how much trauma they've had uh-huh um if someone's been held down a lot yes it's harder um sometimes the very young are a little difficult because the maturity is not there and sometimes the very old it's a little difficult because they've had too much experience Mm -hmm. But we don't ever feel anybody's too old to work with. Great. And what are the common misconceptions about those with disabilities that hamper them from being treated with respect by other providers, perhaps? Um, I think this is this is um, this is a, a, got a lot of answers to it. But let me start by telling you that I think that we find that people in general. Uh, practitioners, even family members sometimes, they don't understand that someone with a disability can actually participate in their own care. Wow. 
Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I spoke with um, a woman who's been in the, the field for a lot of years. She, she's been doing dental work with our guys for a long time. Um, really, really wonderful lady. And she said to me just that. She said, you know, all these years, and it never occurred to me that maybe they could not just sit there but actually participate. Um, I think that is one of the misconceptions. One, another misconception is that if uh, someone doesn't talk, they don't communicate. Um, a misconception is that if someone starts to get upset, that you have to hurry, hurry, hurry. We find that if you just back up a little bit and relax, they can come back and, and the respect can be there. Um, I also think that a lot of times um, we're often told what our folks cannot do instead of looking outside the box to, to see what they can do. And mm -hmm. I think there's a misconception about our guys that we have to focus on what they can't do. Practice without pressure tends to look at, at what someone can do. We presume competence, if you, if you know what that means. Excellent. We presume competence um, and, and work from that premise. Well, Deborah, you alluded to the vicious cycle that evolves when the very children who need more medical intervention have sensory, uh, who have sensory and other challenges that make them more fearful of medical procedures or are overwhelmed easily in the first place need these medical procedures. Uh, there is a vicious cycle. I, I, we see it time and time again. When someone, someone, um, needs a procedure and they're afraid and, and they're held down, for instance, because it's not that people are trying to hurt them or trying to make them afraid, but practitioners and, and family members oftentimes want to get that procedure done. So you hold someone down and they're afraid, so they start to kick and they start to, to, to bite or whatever. The next time there's if it's dental, you go every six months. So the next time a dental appointment comes up, there's a little bit of anxiety that started already. Oh, my God, are they going to kick me and bite me this time? So the, what the person is learning is they're learning to be afraid in that cycle. They're not learning how to get through it themselves. And, and that is a vicious cycle that just escalates and escalates and escalates. Yeah, and I would imagine that this, happens for for everyone, the patients, the parents, the practitioners. So could you please tell, begin to tell us before the break about the practice model, what it is, its steps, and how it works, and then how this model reduces anxiety and increases safety for everyone? It, Terry, it's very true. I, I Let me just say that um, I cannot imagine how frightening it must be, not just for the individual, but say for a dentist or a hygienist that has their hands in someone's mouth if they're afraid they're going to be bitten. So it's a, it's a fearful situation. As a mom of someone with significant um, disability issues, I, I get afraid for my son and, and I want to make sure that he can get his work done and, and, um, you know, and I always feel that there's a performance thing. I, we developed what's called the practice model, as you said, and it's something that will work for every procedure, whether it's haircuts, blood draws, dental work, um, dental cleaning, even injections. We do we practice getting fillings, dental fillings, um, no matter what it is. Women's health exams. Wow. I, yeah, women's health. That's one of the, 
one of the things that we work with. Um, and let me start before the break by saying to you, this is all about building trust. Trust for the individual to be able to trust what's going to happen to them. Trust for the family member that people are going to be able to help their loved one or, or their um, the person they're caring for get through it. And trust from the practitioner standpoint that indeed they're not going to get hurt and can deliver the care. Um, so that's why some of the steps in our practice model involves the family member, the caregiver, and the provider from start to finish. We break the procedures that are going to be practiced and that are going to be done down into small steps. And we use um, what you might think of as a PIC system for that, where um, we have small index size cards. A picture of the step that's being practiced, for instance, sitting in a dental chair. The picture of someone sitting in a dental chair is on the card. The words sit in chair is on the card and then a step number. We do everything with models first, whether if it's someone who doesn't see, we do hand over hand. Um, sometimes the most fearful things people can get through if they just see what's going to happen from start to finish. That is a very big part of our process model. All right. And let's pick up with learning more about the steps used in the practice model from Practice Without Pressure when we come back from break. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com the Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Deborah Jastrzewski, the founder and CEO of Practice Without Pressure. And before the break, we were talking about the practice model. And Deborah, you were telling us about the steps. I was. Thanks, Terry. Um, as I said before the break, it's about building trust. We involve the family member, caregiver, and the practitioner from start to finish. We break the procedures down into small steps. I started to talk about modeling the procedures on a caregiver or someone else. That is one of the biggest things um, that we start with. Our practice model, when we first start, may not even include having the individual um, an active part of the process the first time because, for instance, if someone has either uh, been traumatized and fought an entire procedure or been sedated, they may not know what's supposed to happen from start to finish. Good point. So we, yeah, so we might go through, um, you know, for instance, dental, dental is one of the biggest things that we work with. Um, you know, we may, we may show start to finish, put the, sit in the chair, put the bib on, open count teeth, um, clean teeth, suction water, be done. And, and the individual may never get in the chair the first day. So modeling is a very huge part. Um, practice each step at the individual's comfort level and then introduce steps uh, along the way, always ending positively. Um, we may take different parts of the procedure in isolation if someone's having a particular issue. Um, I, I, I remember a gentleman that we worked with with Down syndrome who could do everything except he couldn't stand having water squirted in his mouth. So we took that part out and, and practiced that by itself um, until he could master it. It's not that the person directs it, directs the practice session, but they have some control. And one thing I want to talk about in the control piece, we use a stop card. It's a physical card that has the word stop on it. It's got a stop stop sign on it. Um, and we practice how to ask for a break, which might sound simple, but for people that are used to fighting all the time or, or someone who doesn't know how to ask for a break, the simple act of, of flicking a stop card up or having a, a caregiver or a family member watch for that stop card is huge. Um, most of the time what happens is when you actually get to the procedure then the individual doesn't necessarily need that break because they know they'll get one if they need it. Cool. Yeah. Um, involving the professional who'll be performing the procedure is really huge. Um, there is some skepticism out there. Can these folks really participate in that kind of thing? And when you can show and, and involve the professional right from the beginning, um, it makes a huge difference. Practicing steps in a simulated non-threatening setting is very big. Um, when you try to bring someone into a dental suite the first time, for instance, they might be scared to death. Um, we have started with folks at their own kitchen table. Practice without pressure, I don't think I mentioned, started at my kitchen table. Um, it's, it's a lot of times real, easy, real lot easier for folks when they, they don't have to see that clinical setting at first and they can kind of master some of their anxiety and then we move them from there 
into a more clinical setting. Right. How many of our children have cried even pulling up to the parking lot of a medical facility? Well, that's and, and honestly, we've we've come to understand our our center, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, looks like a house. In fact, it was a house that's been converted, but it still looks like a house. And people walk in and they feel very comfortable. Um, we do have people that we have had to go out to the parking lot to work with them the first time. And we're currently working with a gentleman who we have to go to his home still to work with him. Um, but that's okay because we'll get him there. Review the steps with care and consideration for individual fears. Although the process itself really doesn't change, there's only, you know, so many steps in getting a blood draw or getting your hair cut or, or uh, getting dental cleaning done. Uh, where the individual feels the fear, and you just brought up a good point, Terry, it may be before they even get inside the building. So what you have to do is help folks through our process model learn that they can get out of the car and walk into the building. And is this tailored for the individual's particular um, challenges? For example, if you're getting a haircut, there's uh, there are tactile uh, aspects or there are auditory aspects. You could the individual could be afraid of the sound of the buzzer giving the buzz cut, or they could just be afraid of the whole procedure in general, or they could be afraid of the the tactile aspects. How do you tailor it? Well, what we do, that's what we well why we start slowly and get to know them. We have a consultation first. We talk about the the people as people, and we find out what they like and don't like, and, and maybe what scares them in another setting. So we kind of start to understand. Um, what might scare them, like you said, in a haircut setting. Um, it could be those buzzers or in a dental setting. It could be the feel of the drill in their teeth or even or even the feel of the bib on them. We introduce part of the process model is we back up to the point um, where the individual's comfort is. We may start with something for one second, literally one second, a person can generally stand something, even if they have tactile defensiveness, for one second, and they get a lot of praise, and that was the next step I wanted to tell you about is provide positive support. Um, you may get a lot of praise, and, and, you know, I call them bribes. Other people call them what they want, but goldfish crackers got my son through a lot. Um, we provide positive support when someone is able to work through it. Um, if someone has a lot of tactile issues, then, then we tailor our procedures themselves, count to five and then take a break, count to five and then take a break. If there's part of a procedure that you can't take a break, what we do is help the individual learn to tolerate it to the end. For instance, the, the one minute that has to be um, uh, waited when you're doing a filling. Um, right. I'm not sure the typical The bond? Method. Yeah, the bond part of the filling. Um, so we, what we do is, is we see where the issues are. Where is that tactile defensiveness, for instance, going to come into play? And then we work through it. Um, hair, hair buzzers, it's huge. You don't start right up at someone's head. You start, you start at, their, at their hand and work your way up. We mm -hmm. had somebody we had to start at the foot and, and start letting him get used to the feel of a buzzer down towards his feet and work towards his head. So those are those are the kind of individual um, things that we will do. Depends on where the person has the issue. Um, just a couple more steps, helping them build self awareness and self control. Um, I wanted to talk for just a second. When someone is held down for for something or sedated, it's it's really a difficult thing. 
but they don't have to control themselves, if you think about it. They, they're, someone else is doing that for them. With the practice without pressure method, the folks that we work with learn to control things themselves. And they start, like we said, in very tiny increments, one second, two seconds, three seconds. Um, that's a, a shift. And that also involves trust. It involves trust from the, the um, family member or caregiver that, yeah, they're going to be able to do this. And it involves trust from the practitioner. So um, that self-awareness and self-control might be something that a lot hasn't been expected. And uh, the last thing I wanted to say about the process model is we change the dynamics when necessary. Um, if we see that the way we're approaching a particular, mastering a particular step doesn't work, we will go outside the box and, and, and look at it from a different perspective and figure out what's not working. We don't say, well, they're not getting it. We say, how are we not teaching it so that they can get it differently? Right. And that's, that's beautiful. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not what is wrong with my student. It's what is wrong with my teaching method. Exactly. <laughs> I can't say enough through the process model about trust. Um, the most important part is building that trust, and, and I need to make sure everybody understands we do what we say and not more than that, and I'll give you a real good example of that. If we're practicing something and, and we're going from let's do it to a count of five, it's so tempting to say, oh, they're at, we're at five and they're still doing it, let's go to ten. Those little tiny things can destroy trust. So what you want to do is you want to stop at five and then say, okay, now we're going to try to ten. It's a, it's a really, those are the kind of subtleties that we employ. Um, there's more techniques, but, but those are the kind of things that you have to think of. Do what you say and don't do any more at that moment. You can push for more, but you have to stop when you say you're going to stop. Yes, very good. And how quickly is it conceivable, you know, you're talking a lot about patience, but you also talked about the success that you had with your son, Mark. So using the methods that you described and, you know, doing just what you said you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, how quickly is it conceivable to see success with this model or how patients should caregivers be or both? Well, it's, it's, there's a lot of factors that can come into this, um, Terry, but I will tell you that when I first started this with my son, Mark, it took me very short little sessions, weeks, to have a young man go from literally not being able to walk through a door to sitting down and getting his blood drawn. Wow. Now, but what I want, what I, I want to say, you know, a couple things about that. It's not necessarily patience, although you have to have patience, it's commitment. And a lot of times what, what people don't understand is that you have to keep that commitment when it gets tough because generally you'll see a point where, where people kind of realize sometimes they come in and, oh, this is fun, this is something new, and then they realize, oh, my gosh, they really want me to do this, and then the tears come or the avoidance comes or the, you know, running away comes. That's when the, the family members and the practitioners have to have the commitment to keep up with this. And that's when you have to change the dynamics. Um, maturity makes a difference. It's, it's much easier for a 16-year-old, for instance, with autism, than a 2-year-old with autism 
to maybe um, process what we're doing. So it, you can we we've seen success. Uh, some of our older people have had success um, with these methods very quickly. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit. The longest number of practice sessions we've gone through before someone's been able to be successful with dental, for instance, was 26 practice sessions. But that number isn't 26 for every single dental appointment. But that that's, gets, that's it, relatively it, good to affect what would seem to many parents like a miracle. Well, and, and honestly, it is. I um, We worked with a young man who um, was nine years old. His parents had sat on him, held him down one for haircuts. Um, his, his mom would sit him on her lap, and she would wrap her legs around him and then wrap her arms around him and, and hold his head, and then Dad would cut him, and it was a nightmare for them, obviously. Um, we worked with this young man, um, I think it was 12 or 14 practice sessions. Might have been, might have been 15. Um, the first time he was able to get his, his uh, haircut by himself really was a miracle. took two hours to get the first haircut done, took one practice session, and an hour to get the second haircut done, and now I think he gets his haircut in a half an hour. Wow. On, on his own, just totally on his own. Wow. I, so the success comes with the commitment and and just to keep yeah, – parents and, and caregivers have to understand that they need to just keep believing, even when it gets hard. All right. Even when it gets hard. We'll talk more about examples like this and caregiver expectations when we come back from the break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Deborah Jastrzewski of Practice Without Pressure. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedico. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Mark your calendar and set an alarm so you do not miss the highly acclaimed talk show, Holistic Living with Tina Marie and Todd Allen. 
Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, and 10 a.m. Pacific for inspirational, oftentimes edgy discussions on all that life brings our way with celebrity guests, world-famous authors, and everyday people dedicated to sharing positive, uplifting messages. Tina Marie and Todd Allen bring you the very best in talk radio discussions, guaranteed to make you smile. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Deborah Jastrzewski, the founder and CEO of Practice Without Pressure. And before the break, Deborah, you were sharing a concrete example with us of a success story from Practice Without Pressure working with an individual. Do you have any more stories like that you'd like to share? I could keep you on for for hours, but I'll just share um, just a couple. Um, one that strikes me is a young man who is very verbal. He was uh, nine years old when I worked with him for blood draws. His um, mom had had taken him to get his blood drawn, and he has autism, but um, also has some some other maybe challenging issues, some ADHD going on and and, um, that kind of thing. But he had had um, sedation. He had had uh, papoose, several things, and he needed to have about seven vials of blood drawn. Um, Mom and Dad were going to take him for general anesthesia to get this done. Um, this was when I was still working at my kitchen table, and this young man came to me, and the first practice session we went through, um, I had to go retrieve him from the laundry room. He was so frightened. But we, we talked, and, and, and um, I listened. By the fourth practice session, this young man looked at me and said, I think that thing's going in my skin. I think that thing's going in my skin. And he finally was able to convey to me that he thought the whole um, – butterfly in the whole holder for the blood tubes was actually going to go into his skin. So we worked through that, and this young man, after four practice sessions, was able to go through um, and get seven vials of blood drawn on his own, under his own steam. And he jumped up and jumped into my arms and said, I did it! (laughs) That's really wonderful, because there have been situations where Parents have been told by, you know, labs that do blood draws or dental offices, hey, you've got to start getting these things done in the hospital because it's just too dangerous for the child and the staff. Yeah, and and, and I understand that. I, I don't want to um, disparage any practitioner because I think that folks are so busy a lot of times that they might not have the luxury of the time that we are able to take with people. Um we, I can, like I said, I can give you story after story. I, I'm thinking of a gentleman um, you alluded to him earlier that um, would be sedated to get his toenails cut. Um, that's a real difficult situation if you have people with long nails because they can injure themselves and other people. Right. Um, this particular gentleman I wanted to share with you um, was blind. He, he is, is very cognitively um, challenged and doesn't speak. He also had had his fingers jammed in a door when he was young. So, of course, he's very fearful of his his hands. Um, We started out not working just with clippers. All we started with this man was to get his hands in nice, warm, soapy water so he could start trusting us. And 
um, his mom wrote a letter for us that after uh, just about seven weeks, David went from having six adults hold him down to sedate him to get his nails cut to participating, and we have video of this, participating in his own nail care. That's true. Um, it, it was huge. It Beautiful. was just huge. Yeah, it was just huge. Well, Deborah, you've alluded to parking lots and laundry rooms. What other kinds of environments does practice without pressure work in? Is everything at your location? Do you go to professional offices? Do you go to schools? We have we have gone uh, all over. Um, we opened a, uh, the very first practice and procedure center in Newark, Delaware, in November of last year, November of two thousand nine. It is much it is much quicker, I will say to you, when folks are able to come to our location. Um, we prefer that because it is getting out in the community and getting work done. Our goal is to have people be able to transition from our center out into the community. Um, we will still go to people's homes if that's if they just can't get in the car. We have worked in um, again work settings, um, schools. Not so much. Um, that's because probably we've grown slowly, but it is. A, it, it would be a very good application for schools. Um, we created a women's health hands-on learning experience where we would go to people's uh, homes or, um, you know, work settings to actually help women learn how to go through a women's health exam. So um, we go kind of everywhere, but it is much quicker when folks can come to our center. Well, Deborah, I'm going to ask you a couple of more questions before we segue on over to Tony Lyons, the president of Skyhorse Publishing, who's joined us, and then we'll chat with you again towards the end if um, there's time remaining. So how do parents and caregivers obtain services for their loved ones and clients through practice without pressure? Is there a fee? Is there funding available? Um, I will give you our phone number and our website. The phone number is area code 302 Eight three two two eight zero zero. Our website is www.pwpde practice without pressure de dot com. Um, there's information out there. We do charge, although we are not for profit. We do charge, um, but we don't. We don't currently, obviously, don't um, turn anybody away. Um, funding. We we go for grants. We ask people to pay. We are are working right now with um, Medicaid to get practice sessions to be paid for. So that's going to be a big thing. Um, but if folks want to give us a call, we can we can help them uh, get scheduled. And you've been doing this for many many years now. I know because I I met you a long time ago. Long time. Well, actually, yeah. It's been it's been. Um, I didn't realize just how long it was. Um, just about eight years. Um, I, again, did this out of my home for many years, and we worked in other people's offices. Um, our center in Newark, Delaware, is um, brand new as of last year. And you do have dentists and other professionals with whom you consult? Yes, we do. We have uh, on-site, we offer practice and procedure for dental work, dental cleaning, dental exams, fillings, restorative work, dentures, uh, women's health exams, blood draws, haircuts, um, if sedation is still necessary, because it is sometimes, um, we will practice the sedation itself, the sedation administration, and then we have partners that we work with for any kind of sedation that's needed. But that's kind of a last resort. 
All right, Deborah, thank you so much, and we'll be back with you in a little bit. And now we're going to chat with the president of Skyhorse Publishing, Tony Lyons, to talk about his book, Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism 2010-2011, which is a compendium of over 60 chapters and over 400 pages plus resources, a virtual encyclopedia of options for autism. Tony, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Tony, what inspired you and um, Ken Siri also worked with you on this to put together this encyclopedic volume of interventions? Well, Ken and I both have children who suffer from autism, and we had both spent hundreds of hours on the web trying to find people who might be able to help our children. So we thought that it would be a beautiful thing to create a compilation of as many of the uh, best, most cutting-edge therapists, doctors, teachers that we could find, put them all into one book so that parents and practitioners could then use the book as a reference and as a springboard to find what's best for the children that they're working with. Yeah, you're right about it being a springboard, too, because there are so many options uh, prevented. I can't help but think that it would start many productive conversations. So could you please tell us about some of the authors and some of the topics that are covered in the book? Sure. Um, you know, there I believe there are 84 different uh, topics covered, and some of the ones that I, that I, that I like best... Uh, are uh, Dr. Harry Schneider's um, work with uh, with it's, it's it's called fMRI guided transcranial direct current stimulation to restore language. So it's uh, it's it's fairly complicated stuff, and he is a real expert on on the brain, and has worked with uh, kids at Columbia University for. Uh, Several years now, um, he has two offices: one in, uh, in one in uh, New York and one in Indiana. And uh, um, and it's a it's a it's a fairly complex therapy, but he's he's a real expert and a and a medical doctor and a researcher, and uh, has has seen really great progress in the children that he's worked with. All right. And are there any others that you particularly hearken to? Um, Arthur Krigsman, uh seems to me to be a very strong uh, doctor in this field, dealing with something that Ken and I have both noticed in our own children, which are serious gastrointestinal problems. Um, my daughter, for, for example, often has uh, stomach aches, Often has uh, very loose stool um, and and that sort of thing. Even to the degree where, at a school for autism, they sometimes think of of wanting to keep her out of the school, thinking that she's sick, when in when in fact the autism itself is linked to that condition. And he has he has done some 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 really great research on that, and. Uh, he works in uh, Far Rockaway, New York. And um, should I give contact information for these for these people, or 
Well, I think if, list, if listeners would like contact information, um, they can look for a copy of the book Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism 2010-2011 or contact me at taranga at autism1.org. Um, if you'd like to uh, try to contact these providers uh, before you have a chance to uh, run out and get a copy of the book. That sounds great. Well, Tony, you know, um, I also liked the chapters um, about seizures and immune therapies. The book covers things like IVIG and the latest in uh, immune therapy. And I think that you alluded to the point that some of what this book helps do is to validate the physiological, the legitimate physiological conditions that underpin an autism diagnosis to help these children get the biomedical help that they need, um, a good conversation starter with your pediatrician and help them get the biomedical help that they need that will help them in the other areas of communication and cognition and things like that. Definitely, and, and Ken and I both feel, too, that this is a book that, that people can bring in to their doctors and say, look, you know, these are, these are therapies that we've read about that we'd like you to research so that you can help us figure out what's going to be best for our child. Because many general practitioner pediatricians just don't really know any of the details of the research that's being done, the work that's being done. Um, You know, many pediatricians only have one or two autistic kids, and they find them very difficult to deal with, and they try to do as little as possible. So this book can then sort of empower parents to negotiate with their own doctor and can also help the doctor, uh, you know, learn about what's, what's possible. That's great. Very well put. And we'll talk more about cutting-edge therapies for autism and a special offer for you when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back with Tony and Deborah. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. 
If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Tony Lyons, president of Skyhorse Publishing, and Deborah Jastrzewski, the founder and CEO of Practice Without Pressure. And before the break, Tony, we were talking about Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism 2010-2011, published by Skyhorse Publishing. Does Skyhorse have any special offers going on right now that will help listeners find healing information plus save them some money in the process? Yes, uh... Yes, we we have a special offer right now that if you buy a copy of Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism, uh, you also get a free copy of the Autism Cookbook, 101 Gluten-Free and Dairy-Free Recipes, uh, which is a beautiful uh, 1795 full-color book uh, that includes um, all all different kinds of dishes that you can cook for autistic kids who have been shown to benefit from a gluten-free and dairy-free diet. All right. So So where can uh, listeners look for more information? Yes, so the the best best way to do it is if you order the cutting-edge therapies on any major website, you can then email a confirmation of of purchase uh, to us, and Terry will give you the, um, the address to send that to then we will send you out a free copy of the Autism Cookbook. All right. And, um, Tony, uh, I have the website link, if listeners want to write this down, www.truthofautism.com forward slash BOGO, B-O-G-O. And um, is there an updated special offer available there for listeners? Will there be? Yeah, I mean, the... The uh, special offer is 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 just that 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 if you buy a copy of Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism, then then you get sent to you in the mail a, a free copy of the Autism Cookbook. Or if if listeners would prefer, they can do it the other way around. Um, but they, you know, buy the Autism Cookbook and then get a free copy of Cutting Edge Therapies. The the only question is which one they want to get first. Oh, okay. The one that they buy on the web will will probably come within two or three business days, and the copy of the second book that's coming free will probably take a week and a half. Okay. All right, very good. Um, I know back when Susan Delane was on the air with us, and by the way, the Autism Cookbook is breathtaking in its presentation, um, vivid and beautiful pictures, and really easy uh, user-friendly recipes with not uh, a lot of ingredients, not a bunch of fancy ingredients that, you know, you need to go to some boutique in Soho to find or something. Uh, but I remember that there were some other extra goodies that came with it, um, uh, 
some things from April Chalet, an RDI consultant, and uh, Diane Hunter and others. Right. I don't have that information with me, but there are four or five other things that, that you do get as part of the, the uh, special offer. Okay, uh, that's great. So this information is at truthofautism.com forward slash BOGO, and if you'd like any further information or to email me that confirmation receipt so that you can get your extra um, free items, just email me at taranga, T-A-R-R-A-N-G-A, at autism1.org, and we'll be really happy to hear from you. Tony, what are Skyhorse Publishing's plans for the future insofar as producing more books that will be helpful to children diagnosed with autism? I know you have one from uh, Age of Autism editor Kim Stagliano coming up and many more for, in the works. Yes, we intend to, to, to publish something like 10 books per, per year in the field of autism, and we really want to want to just bring as much up-to-date information to the people who need it as we possibly can. Edge Therapies for Autism will come out each year with updated therapies, um, and we also have uh, two books coming out this fall that will also be yearlies, A uh, Thousand and One Tips for the Parents of Autistic Girls and A Thousand and One Tips for the Parents of Autistic Boys. Um, Kim Stagliano's book, uh, All That I Can Handle, is, is just a beautifully written book on what her life has been like raising three daughters with autism. She's a terrific writer and a wonderful person and uh, has just an incredible story to tell. And if, um, if, if people would like to learn more about Kim, they can also visit Age of Autism at ageofautism.com. Tony? Yes, and uh, they can also go to um, uh, to our website, which is skyhorsepublishing.com. Uh, Kim's book will be available for purchase with, within about a month and a half, and uh, I encourage anyone listening to this to buy that. I think it's just a striking book that will really uh, be a lot of fun for anyone who has an autistic child to, to read. Yeah, it really uh, is. So listeners can look for more information at skyhorsepublishing.com. And uh, just as a reminder, the uh, contact information for Practice Without Pressure is 302-832-2800 or www.pwpde.com. Um, Tony, do you have any closing remarks you'd like to make? Yeah, there's actually uh, one other book that, that we're... Uh, planning to publish next year, uh, which doesn't have a title yet, but it's going to be a book with Mary, Ho- uh, Mary Holland from NYU on vaccines, uh, which is going to have um, pieces written by, um, by a laundry list of experts on the possible connection between aut- uh, aut- autism and vaccines and the... Um, uh, the theories on both both sides of it, the the history of vaccines and the question of personal choice, as it has to do with um, with with vaccines. So we think that's going to be a really landmark book. Oh my um, goodness, that's it just is sort of taking taking shape now, and yeah. uh, will 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 be available sometime next year. Yeah, I'm sure many many 
uh, listeners are going to be very excited about that. Thank you so much for publishing that. And Deborah, do you have any closing remarks, especially about the importance of parent expectations? Well, I, there were two things I wanted to say. One of them, um, Tony, I heard you mention NYU. That's exciting to me because uh, Practice Without Pressure is actually um, starting to work with NYU in September. We um, wow, did that's a, great. Uh, with um, their pediatric dentistry program. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, wow. We did a. Uh, we were invited to do a presentation at the Special Care Dentistry Conference, the national conference, in March the, um, this year in Chicago. And it was very well received, so I was real excited about that. And I did forget to mention that. Um, expectations are huge. Um, Terry, say, tell me your question again, though, because I'm, I'm got lost in the NYU conversation. Well, you know what, Deborah? I think that people are going to have to read um, the article about practice without pressure by Jane Miller in the Autism File because we're out of time. But I want to thank you, Deborah, so much for sharing information about Practice Without Pressure's respectful approach to delivering needed services in a way that dignifies and respects the person with special needs. And, Tony, thank you for letting us know about the great resource, Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism, 2010-2011, from Skyhorse Publishing. To our listeners, next week, nutritionist and author Judy Converse is back with Kristen for a show addressing questions such as what are the most common problems parents encounter when using or transitioning to special diets? How can you avoid psychotropic meds for a child with rage, aggression, or hyperactivity? And do ketogenic diets for seizures work? For questions about this program, please email me at taranga at autism1.org. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.